0: Today on Creeds and Deeds, we look at John Calvin's Institute's abridged edition, Book 1, Chapter 9, entitled, Fanatics Abandoning Scripture and Flying Over to Revelation Cast Down All the Principles of Godliness. Stay tuned for Theology Thursday. Reformed and Evangelical, Confessional, And missional. Welcome to creeds and deeds. The word of the Lord from Psalm fifty-eight to the choir master, according to Do not destroy, a mictum of David. Do you indeed decree what is right, you gods? Do you judge the children of man uprightly? No. In your heart you devise wrongs, your hands deal out violence on the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb, they go astray from birth, speaking lies. They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ear, so that it does not hear the voice of the charmers or of the cunning enchanter. O God, break the teeth in their mouths. Tear out the fangs of the young lions, O Lord! Let them vanish like water that runs away. When he aims the arrows, let them be blunted. Let them be like the snail that dissolves into slime. Let the stillborn child who never sees the sun, like the stillborn child who never sees the sun, sooner than your pots can feel the heat of thorns. Whether green or ablaze, may he sweep them away. The righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. He will bathe his feet in the blood of the wicked. Mankind will say, surely there is a reward for the righteous. Surely there is a God who judges on earth. This is the word of our Lord. Today we're going to start the Westminster Shorter Catechism on Learn the Faith. So we're going to start with question one, along with scripture proofs. Question. What is the chief end of man? Answer. Man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. Scripture proofs. Psalm 86, verse 9. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. Isaiah 60:21. Thy people also shall be right- all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever, and the branch of my planning, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. Romans 11:36. For of him, and through him, and to him, are all things, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20, For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, Whether therefore ye eat, or drink, or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Revelation 4 verse 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, and honor, and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created." That referenced part A of the, qu- of the answer, which is to glorify God. And now part B is to enjoy Him forever. Scripture proofs for these are Psalm 16, verses 5 to 11. The Lord is the portion of mine inheritance, and of my cup. Thou maintainest my lot. The lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places, yea, I have a goodly heritage. I will bless the Lord, who hath given me counsel. My reins also instruct me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my glory rejoiceth. rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt shew me the path of life, in thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 144 verse 15. Happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Isaiah 12:2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Luke 2, chapter 10, or verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, again I say, Rejoice. Fanatics abandoning scripture and flying over to revelation cast down all the principles of godliness. The fanatics wrongly appeal to the Holy Spirit. For of late certain giddy men have arisen who, with great haughtiness, exalting the teaching office of the Spirit despise all readings and laugh at the simplicity of those who, as they express it, still follow the dead and killing letter. The Spirit promised to us has not the task of inventing new and unheard of revelations or of forging a new kind of doctrine to lead us away from the received doctrine of the gospel, but of sealing our minds with that very doctrine which is commended by the gospel. The Holy Spirit is recognized in his agreement with Scripture. From this we readily understand that we ought zealously to apply ourselves both to read and to hearken to Scripture if indeed we want to receive any gain and benefit from the Spirit of God. He is the author of the Scriptures. He cannot vary and differ from himself. Hence, He must ever remain just as he once revealed himself there. Word and spirit belong inseparably inseparably together. The Holy Spirit so inheres in his truth, which he expresses in scripture, that only when its proper reverence and dignity are given to the word does the Holy Spirit show forth his power. And what has lately been said that the word itself is not quite certain for us unless it be confirmed by the testimony of the Spirit is not out of accord with these things. For by a kind of mutual bond, the Lord has joined together with certainty of his word and of his spirit, so that the perfect religion of the word may abide in our minds when the spirit who causes us to contemplate God's face shines, and that we, in turn, may embrace the spirit with no fear of being deceived when we recognize him in his own image, namely in his word. He sent down the same Spirit by whose power he had dispensed the word, to complete his work by the efficacious confirmation of his word, The word is the instrument by which the Lord dispenses the illumination of his spirit to believers. For they know no other spirit than him who dwelt and spoke in the apostles, and by whose oracles they are continually recalled to hearing of the word. So there's a couple of things that he talks about there that this will probably make some people mad but that's okay um that really shows us some of the errors that it's funny because uh some sorry some of the errors that uh are common today or they're common in calvin's day and they're common today you know calvin was um alive from 1509 to 1564 so uh 500 years ago and these things are still true he says as of in the beginning of that he said as of lately um but it's uh yeah he said um for of late certain giddy men and it's funny that 500 years ago he was saying like this has been happening lately and it's still happening today so the first one that i see here that he really speaks against would be um people who put too much emphasis on the spirit. And you really see that a lot in America. You know, these people who are slain in the spirit and speak gibberish tongues and, you know, all of that stuff, it's, they, they like he said, they just skip over, um, they abandon scripture, scripture, and then they fly straight to revelation. And then they, ca- in doing that, they cast down all the principles of godliness. And it's like, first they, they just go, they just skip over scripture, because scriptures doesn't give you experience and feelings and all of that stuff and we're so caught up in that today and instead they go right to these they want to feel things by the spirit they want to have the spirit reveal this stuff to them and they're always talking about the spirit told me this and the spirit says this and you know all of that the spirit's moving in us and then they start speaking their tongues and tempting these healings and all of this stuff and um, in doing that though They are like it says, they're uh casting down all the principles of godliness, right? Um, they're not living the word, they're not preaching the word, they don't, they're not striving for godliness, they're striving for you know revelation and for um uh experience and just like showmanship and all of that stuff, and it's like. It's, all, it's, the, it's exactly the opposite of, of godliness because most of it is uh, done for money and for material gain. And you see it in their cars and private planes and all of that stuff that, that these um, televangelists that are doing this are getting. So that's the first one. And then the second one is all of the cults. All the cults out there that are that think they have some special revelation from God that God gave some certain man a secret revelation, and uh, and that the scripture revealed to this person, or that they, or ones that believe that the spirit is still revealing new things to them today, that somehow the spirit is uh, uh, speaking directly to them prophesying and all of that stuff today. Uh, And you see this in the Jehovah's Witnesses with the Watchtower Society. You see it in the Mormons with their Book of Mormon and Pearl of the Great Price and Doctrines and Covenants and the, um, the Quorum of the Twelve and the Prophet. And they believe that that's all new scripture. They believe that that's on the same level as scripture. You also see it with a lot of like really cults, like like the Jim Jones type people and the uh, uh, Heaven's Gate and all of them, um, they're all cults. And the reason that they're all cults is because they don't take the scripture as handed down from the apostles for what it is. They want to take and they want to skip over that and go to new revelation and There is no new revelation. The entire revelation of scripture has been, or the entire revelation of God has been poured out in his scripture. And the scripture tells us, the Bible tells us everything we need to know for godliness and for life and for salvation and nothing new needs to be said. So any private revelation that anybody has would, if the spirit reveals something to them, it would be completely 100% in accordance with scripture. And it wouldn't be a secret revelation, it would just confirm and back up scripture. Uh, but there isn't any new scripture. And in doing this, tr- they set themselves apart and say, we're different than the whole church uh, universal from the time of the apostles to now. And they think that they're uh, somehow the reincarnated church or the, or the um, restored church or whatever, but they're a perversion of the gospel. And once again, it does not promote godliness because it promotes, for instance, the Mormons, they promote works-based righteousness that you have to, that there's in their words, it says, um, uh, for you are saved by grace through faith after all that you can do. And that's completely contrary to the gospel that says you are saved from by grace through faith, through faith, not of works so that no man may boast. So it means that Jesus died completely for our sins. He paid the entire price for our sins, and there is nothing we can do to earn any of it. We are saved by him alone. And so when you see that, the Mormons, the missionaries will try to tell you that their stuff is just another testimony, and it goes with Scripture. But that's a lie. It goes against Scripture completely. And... uh Calvin, you know, 500 years ago, none of these cults existed, but there was a whole different set of cults back then, and it was the same thing, and uh, the devil works the same way every time. He just rehashes uh, the same exact heresies again and again of these cults and these things to where people are, like Calvin said, uh, they want to abandon the scripture, and they want to go to special revelation, to special outpourings of the spirit and in doing that they cast down all the principles of godliness so um, yep that was theology thursday Uh, thank you for joining me tomorrow is faithful friday hope you have a good rest of your thursday and we will talk to you tomorrow All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, your name is great. Jehovah, Yahweh. You are mighty. You are the I am. You're the one who existed before everything and through you, everything was created. You are everything. You are love, you are justice, your holiness, your righteousness. And God, we are none of those things. We confess our sins to you. We are prideful, lustful, disobedient, haughty, lovers of self. We're selfish we're not caring we aren't holy we are blasphemous and we don't love you if the greatest command is to love God and and like it to love our neighbors then the greatest sin is to not love you and to not love our neighbors and we do that every day God we don't love you with all our heart And we don't love our neighbors as we should love ourselves. So God, forgive us as we confess our sins to you. Forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness by the blood of your son who died on the cross, whose blood was shed for our transgressions, for our unrighteousness, for every sin. God, and as he cleanses us, we ask him to make us righteous, to turn us away from our sins. Help us to repent of our sins and to turn of them and live more for you and to live righteous lives so that we can glorify you knowing that you have saved us. God, thank you that you've saved us. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your love. God, thank you for your church. That you established a church here on this earth to show forth who you are and that we can fellowship together and that we can have community and we can love one another through it and that we can love the world and we can better love you through it. God, thank you for my small group that I led for this last year. Thank you for the surprise going away that they gave me last night and all the kind words they spoke to me. God, that was such a blessing to have. God, thank you that you've got me through this year and that I get to go home to my wife God, thank you for who you are most of all. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you love each of us. Thank you that you've called us and that from the beginning of the world, from before the foundation of the earth, you chose a people for your own possession, people that you're going to give an inheritance to. God, I pray for all the people that are wrapped up in the things that we talked about today, the charismatic churches that pervert the gospel by making it about experiences and workings and they just gloss over the scripture and they try to to do things like the slaying in the spirit and all of those things that are not godly and are not biblical. God I pray for them that you will call those people out of that and that you will bind the the people that are preaching that bind their conscience so that they can no longer go about preaching that and bring them to a true faith in you so that they'll preach your gospel God I believe you can turn all the evil that those that the prosperity gospel preachers and the charismatics uh, are doing you can turn those to good you can turn those to where they're preaching your gospel so God I ask you to do that and Lord I have family members and in-laws and friends who are caught in these cults in Mormonism and in Jehovah's Witnesses and in uh, various other cults and God I love them. I disagree with the beliefs that they hold but God I love them and I want to see them saved, Lord. I want to see them come to you. I want to see them see understand who you truly are that their works won't get them to heaven and that there isn't new revelation that needs to be spoken but that you've already given us everything that we need in Jesus and that you've already given us a complete understanding of who you are through your Bible. God will you save my family that's caught in these things and will you save my in-laws that are? God will you help me to show them love? To let them know that I do truly love them and I don't have any sort of ill will towards them or anything like that, even through my disagreement, but that I just love them. And because I love them is why I want to see these things happen. And God also, just for everybody else who's stuck in those, will you put people in their lives who love them and can explain the gospel clearly to them and show them that they are saved by grace through faith in Jesus apart from works and that they cannot work out that they can't do any works that give them their salvation god and i pray for each person that i know for all the people in my bible study that i know have uh hurts and struggles and pains god each person that i texted the other day uh dante and demetrius keith Josh, James, James Dansby, James Gruel. God, each thing that I texted them that I was praying for them about, I pray for those right now, Lord. I pray that you would comfort them in them and know that that you are working even in those things, God. God, and for each person that's listening to this podcast that needs prayer, I pray for them right now. I lift them up to you for whatever those prayer requests are. And God, I praise you for who you are. God, thank you that you um, have got me through this year, like I said. And as I continue this last few days of out-processing and fly back to the States, keep me safe, keep me in your mercies, and let me reconnect with Bree and James. And just be reconciled to them, and let it be a joyous occasion. And now together with the saints, we pray, our Father, who art in heaven... Thank you for joining me for Theology Thursday. I hope that you enjoyed this show and that it was encouraging to you. And I hope you'll come back tomorrow to listen to Faithful Friday. If you do enjoy this podcast, would you consider leaving me a review on the Apple Podcasts app or on your podcast app, if you have the ability, just to help my name get out there? Um, Stitcher and most of the others you can leave a review on. And... Like always, remember, I'm not ordained and I'm not a pastor. So if you're a Christian listening to my podcast, you need to be in church on Sunday.